Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Like I got over the tuck rule, but I still think about the tuck rule. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hello, folks. Welcome to another tuck rule. Tuck rule season two. Um, we're back after uh, our off-season break. Uh, I'm Victoria, the person who says this part, uh, as always. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Katie. What's up, Katie? Um, you can't kill me, bitches! I'm back! That's right. Um, yeah, as as everyone will have noticed, um, we ended up taking several weeks off because there was, <laughs> there was nothing to talk about, first of all, in football, um, other than the XFL draft. Um, go, <laughs> go Michigan hey. Panthers, by the way. Yeah. You mean the USFL draft? Yes, I did. That's Oops. right. That's uh, okay. The XFL my, starts next year anyways. It's okay. Yeah. Um, my my Michigan Panthers drafted Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch, a legendary quarterback <laughs> battle set to unfold. Shea Patterson was the number one overall pick. He was indeed. <laughs> That's my boy. Bringing him, bringing him home. Oh Michigan's calling him home. Take me home, country roads, to the place I belong, Michigan. Ann Arbor. Um, <laughs> Ann Arbor. Even though, even though it's in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. So we're back. Uh, there is lots of stuff to talk about, much to our chagrin in the football world. I think. Unfortunately, um, we we had pl- we had planned for this to be like a racing show, and then football <laughs> happened. How how unkind of it. How yeah. How how not gregarious of you, football. Yeah. Total, total bullshit. Um, like, the only football thing of note that happened while we were gone, other than the USFL draft, was uh, we taught Stephen Godfrey what bussy is. <laughs> yeah. Um, a tossed-off tweet um, about Sam Ellinger from the Tuck Rule account in which we called Sam Ellinger our bussy-eating king, uh, led to um, <laughs> college football writer Stephen Godfrey, who has a wife and children and is a respectable, <laughs> and is a respectable man in his 40s, um, replied to it assuming that it was a typo, and then we had to inform him that he was not. Um, I believe he called a bussy... A spirited portmanteau is the uh-huh. is the verbiage he used. Um, yeah, thank you, that, Stephen. That was, yeah, you know, I used to listen to podcast ain't played nobody. Um, back when it first started, when him and uh, Bill Connolly used to do it, and I never thought that five years later, our plucky a podcast that I was on. And co-host would be teaching him what the word "bussy" means. Um, best so, timeline. Best timeline. So, well, although it was Victoria that fired off the tweet, like I know, I know it's weird that I didn't fire off the "bussy" tweet, but you know, huh? Okay. 
Well, I think that's about all that's happened in the world <clears throat> since we last recorded. Nothing else has happened. Um, no, no, no cataclysmic world events have happened. Not at none. all. None. And, and sure, and surely, and surely, um, a certain HBCU didn't have the greatest time news dump of all time. Um, oh. Yeah, so Grambling State hired Art Briles. And then everyone got mad once they realized, you know, that the world wasn't fucking ending. And Art Browse quit, which is good. We don't like him. Fuck him. We made his ass quit. We made anyways, his ass quit. Anyways, that's college football segment for this week. Fuck you. <laughs> um, what? I, okay, so just to linger <laughs> another few seconds on this. I love that Grambling State hired Hugh Jackson because this is now... This is now NFL Extended Universe content, because we know a thing or two about Hugh Jackson looking like a dipshit in public. Um, uh-huh. And <laughs> now, college football uh, fans primarily get to uh, see it firsthand. This guy's a That's fucking right. idiot. This is not the first time that he's tried to work with Art Bryles. He invited Art Bryles to a Browns camp, I believe, in like 2018 uh-huh. or 2019. Yeah, he's a fucking dirtbag. Um like a huge dirtbag. Anyway, he doesn't have a job. Fuck him. He's probably gonna go back to coach in Italy again. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Um, that's what he was doing. Um, so as Katie mentioned today, we are going to be talking about motorsports later in the podcast. Um, later. we'll we'll be getting there. Uh, we do have some things to talk about. Um, it kind of all started with a bang last week. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, just so, a little bit. There had been weeks of speculation that the Broncos would be trading for Aaron Rodgers, um, but then mm. it breaks. Um, it breaks on, I believe this was a Tuesday morning. Uh, it breaks that the Packers have extended Aaron Rodgers. Um, mm. So Rodgers will be staying in Green Bay. The original reporting is four years. Turns out it's actually three, and maybe it's actually just two based on how the money has worked, whatever. Anyway, mere hours after that, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Yeah, so I I feel most I feel bad for the Seahawks because they got Drew Locke and Noah Fant in return, and I like and Noah Fant is a very good tight end, I think. But oh dear God, what? And the weird thing is, I don't even think the Broncos are the Broncos aren't a championship team. They're a, they're a mid team right now. They're a they're a solid ten and seven, eleven and six team right now. I think. That definitely sounds about right to me. Um, they have not done a ton in free agency that's wowed me um, either. Yeah. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how they move forward. They did have to give up, uh, as you meant, it was two first-round picks, two second-round picks, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke, uh, along, with mm-hmm. a, along with a pick swap. I feel like the Seahawks made out pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah, the draft picks will give them something to build off of in the future, especially now that the last member of the Legion of Boom, Bobby Wagner, is gone, and they need yeah. to basically rebuild their entire roster. Um, so the draft picks are good, it's just, oh lord, this Seahawks team's gonna be fucking bad. So fucking yeah. bad. Um, and they haven't really done that much in free agency so far, which we'll get to, but, uh, <laughs> So I'm not much for analyzing trades much beyond that. So we'll 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 leave that there. Um, the AFC West is pretty wild, which we'll get to in a moment again. Um, 
what happens immediately afterwards the next day is that the Colts trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. Um, oh, dear God. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Washington is doing. This isn't an upgrade. Yeah. I mean, it might be no. a slight upgrade over Heineke. Might I, be a slight. Upgrade. I don't know. Taylor Heineke could play. Taylor Heineke had spots last year where he actually played very well. Like that was, that was, I think, the thing that I kind of came away with is that Carson Wentz is just—he's so inconsistent. When he's good, he's really good, and when he's bad, it's so hilarious that you almost feel sad for him. Yeah, like he wasn't that bad last year. Um, and, I, uh, to be honest, well, I don't really he know faded, what... I think he faded down the stretch. Like, that yes. that's what I think. Definitely. Um, yeah, it, I just don't know what the Colts' plan is at this point. Because they need to trade up to get into... Well, actually, no, they don't have a first-round pick this year. No. So, They're gonna I don't draft, know... like, fucking Bailey Zappi or something. Like... <laughs> They're going to draft, uh, Sam Howell in the second round. That's probably the best they can do. Um... Yeah. yeah, I. That's kind of why I. That's kind of why I. I don't really get this trade for the Colts, even if they picked up. I think a third, two thirds, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't get this for either team. Fuck it, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't like Carson Wentz personally though. So, uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Bozo. Enjoy Dan yeah. Snyder. Um, Cowboys trade Amari Cooper to the Browns. The Browns cut Jarvis Landry. Who cares? Baker is probably. Um, to go out of chronological order, Baker Mayfield on Tuesday evening, the week of free agency starting, posted a cryptic ass notes app. Oh um, yeah, and this thing was long too. It was like basically the gist of it was I've been in Cleveland for long for four years now, and I don't know what's next. Yep. Um which it's funny because he says that there's no hidden messages, even though it's the most cryptic um yeah. like notes app ever. Um and also that he put out into the universe that his middle name is Reagan. Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, apparently he wants to go to the Colts. Maybe that'll be what the Colts do. Who knows? Uh, Amari Cooper, bleh, who cares? The Bears trade Khalil Mack to the Chargers. I believe that would be the day after that. That is an interesting trade because they only had to cough up a two and a six to do it. Um, yep. We will talk about other moves the Chargers have made soon. Um, but the Chargers have definitely beefed up the defense, which was the big problem. Yep. uh for them last year so uh chargers looking to compete and obviously the afc yep. west is crazy is is crazy tight right now um am i am so. i insane for thinking this is a dark horse super bowl contender like um, just early on i think if you look at the roster that is a very reasonable thing to think they are however still the chargers i think that's important to consider very, very yeah very, very good point there <laughs> um <laughs> I will, I will believe the Chargers are fixed when I see it, to be frank. Um, we already talked about the Packers extending Rodgers. Uh, the Vikings extended and committed to Kirk Cousins. Um, For another after, year. Yeah, basically, um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Ferentz now, where uh, <laughs> he just keeps getting it, like, every offseason, just another year gets added to his contract. Um, yeah, this is one year $35 million, I think, which... Fully that sounds like, yeah. yeah, that sounds like a lot, but um, me and Victoria were discussing this earlier. The cap has actually, or Victoria actually made the point. Like, I, I'm going to give her the credit for this. Um, she made the point, you know, the cap is raised by what, like 25 million-ish? So, like, this isn't a bad deal. Like, it's not a good deal, but it's not, 
It's not like this catastrophically bad, oh god, they've tied all their money in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, there were a lot of rumors that Cousins might be a target for the Browns, um, because there is a Kevin Stefanski connection there. Either way, he's staying put. Um, And that's about it in terms of quarterback news, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else happened. Oh no. Well, you know, there was this thing that happened on Sunday afternoon slash Sunday night that I think we have to talk about. Um, Victoria, I, I don't know how to break this news to you. Um, Tom Brady's back. This rocks. Unironically, <laughs> I fucking love this. Because... He spent, he spent two months with the kids and said, fuck this. <laughs> fuck them kids. Um, yeah, that is a very compelling argument to not have children. Um... Uh, Tom Brady, what I love is that I had always assumed that whenever he hung up, he would be too proud to, like, ever go back. So, like, when I saw that he officially announced that he was retiring, Mm -hmm. I was like, people were speculating that he would come back next year. And I was like, it's Tom Brady. Like, once he puts his name on retiring, why would he ever come back? And then he did it in, like, six weeks. (laughs) I love this bitch. This bitch rocks. Tom Brady, okay, the NFC is nothing but a conference of messy bitches that live for drama. Um, it is. Ar- and that's why Ar- we love it. Aaron Rodgers is obviously living for drama. Tom Brady fakes retirement, question mark, for six months. Uh, and then comes back just in time for the Buccaneers to try and bring back all their free agents that are out the door. Um, <laughs> love that. This, like... Um, I think what I tweeted right after it happens is that the NFC is a pretty little liars ass conference, and mm-hmm. that's that is exactly how I feel about it. It is yep. nothing but like but like petty high school drama, and it rocks. Um, Tom Brady also can still really play, so he's immediately yeah. like, yeah. He what did he do? He posted like his third best passing yards total in his career this year. Like he was still yeah. very. He was still, like, a top-five quarterback in the league. Like, it's not... Yeah, I I said this on Twitter, and I don't know if Tom Brady would ever consider this sort of thing, but I remember Roger Clemens back in the day, um, back when I actually watched baseball. Um, he would always do, like, a half-season for the Astros, like, when they were doing their playoff push, and I can't help but think he's just going to do that until he's, like, 50. And then his body's just going to be like, nope, fuck this, can't do it anymore. I give up. Like, I, I legitimately feel like he could play till he's 50. Like, am I insane? It's funny that yeah. you mentioned... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a little insane. <laughs> I, I I actually disagree. Once again, I will refuse to believe that Tom Brady will... Like, Tom Brady is not bound by age and time. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Roger Clemens because um, certain advantages that Roger Clemens might have enjoyed... <laughs> during his playing career might 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 be factoring into tom brady's uh longevity um mm-hmm. yeah well tom brady will probably be able to play diet. yeah uh tom brady will probably play until he's fit like i i won't believe that he's washed until i see it because yeah i, I believed don't... it i believed it yeah. in his last year with the patriots and then he showed up to tampa and he was he was god again and again probably Probably, uh, you know, met with Roger Clemens and Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bonds a few times. Um, but good for him. Yeah. Well, I'm actually, I don't hate that he's back in the league. I just can't believe that 
He didn't. Um, I just want to mention the fucking. I just want to mention the guy who earlier that day had bought the last touchdown pass he had ever completed. <laughs> I believe it was to Mike Evans for mm-hmm. five hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> and that ball, that ball, that ball is. That ball's worth as much as a fucking autograph ball you can get for 25 bucks at, like, fucking Walmart now. Like, love this. It, uh, <laughs> can you imagine being that guy? Like, that story broke mere hours before Tom uh-huh. Brady unretired. Ugh. Yep. God. <laughs> huh. Um... So, Tom Brady unretires uh, the day before the NFL's legal tampering period, which is a sentence, or a concept, I guess, that I love. Just that there is a legal tampering period. Um, So, the first big quarterback move that we see the next day, because a lot of teams need quarterbacks. um, Steelers need a quarterback. um, Colts need a quarterback. And we get to see the first bold move um, of free agency for a quarterback. (laughs) And you know that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers signing Mitch Trubisky to a to a two year deal. Um, it's an upgrade. I, it is. It is absolutely an upgrade. It's an upgrade. <laughs> That's what you can say about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I actually think Trubisky will be fine in this offense, and they're paying him not that much. This is a two year, fourteen million dollar contract uh, with incentives that could take it up to twenty seven. Uh. But some okay. of those, like some of those incentives are like first team all pro and super bowl um (laughs) so i think it's fair to say that it won't go quite that high steelers have a quarterback didn't pay that much basically gave him backup money uh this is this looks pretty similar to the contract that tyrod taylor signed with the giants yesterday yeah um so this is a pretty good signing actually and that isn't going to stop us from getting the jokes off no uh okay what else do we got here uh i'm not gonna go over all of these tampering signings i just put down a few that interest me um there were a couple quarterback signings that i don't have on here uh teddy bridgewater signs with the dolphins um to be the oh. <clears throat> backup to Tua. Oh, no. we'll nope, see he's starting he's starting i would i think i'd rather have teddy bridgewater than Tua at this point i yeah i definitely would how sad is that one of the earliest uh, moves that ended up being reported was the Bengals giving a four-year, I think it's a $35 million contract to Alex Kappa, a, a, uh, a guard leaving the Buccaneers. Uh, and they also signed Ted Karras. So Bengals, I guess, smartly immediately rushing to patch up the offensive line. Um, yeah. Neither of these players are excellent. Ted Karras is a fine center. Alex Kappa is a pretty good guard. Um, yeah. But they're definitely upgrades over what they had. <laughs> I think that much yeah, is yeah, pretty inarguable. Like, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine that they'll do any worse than the Bengals had in terms of a, and especially in terms of, um, especially in terms of pass protection. Um, yeah, because I actually thought that the Bengals in the run game could actually do quite a little bit every now and again. So yeah, yeah. Um, the Chargers made a couple signings. Um, they obviously signed J.C. Jackson to a five-year, $82.5 million deal. This just feels right to me. Um, yeah. J.C. Jackson just feels like a charger. Um, they needed a lot of help on defense. They signed J.C. Jackson, traded for Khalil Mack. Um, this is a little under the radar. They also signed Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, a very solid one-tech defensive tackle, to a to a, to a three-year contract that's, like, pretty yeah. good money, 24 mil. Um, 
so yeah, Chargers defense bolstering that. That makes perfect sense. Um, other than that, um, we will be getting to a certain team's activities soon. Um, <laughs> but the Ravens sign safety Marcus Williams to a five-year, $70 million contract. Pretty big for them. Marcus Williams is a very nice player. Um, the Saints replaced him with Marcus May from the Jets um, mm. on a much more manageable contract. So I actually like that for the Saints. Um, Marcus May is not quite the player that Marcus Williams is, but still a good player. Uh, this one was kind of weird. The Bucks yeah. signed Russell Gage to a three-year, yeah. thirty million dollar deal. Yeah, I, I am looking at this mostly from the Falcons' point of view. Um, they have no good receivers left, and I and I actually don't mind Russell Gage here. Um, given the money that some receivers, again, hint hint, mm. are getting, um. <laughs> I don't mind this too much. I think Russell Gage is fine. Like he's a fine receiver and he'll work fine with the fucking Bucks offense. Like I think it I think it's okay. Like it doesn't move the needle that much, but oh god, the Falcons. Ugh. Yeah. Woo! Um Lord. Falcons wide receiver room looking great. Um they still have uh Zacchaeus, I think. That's yeah, Zacchaeus yeah, that's their best receiver at this point. Ugh. Good lord. Falcons have uh, also no cap in which to do anything and might be nope. trading for a very highly paid quarterback that we will yep. not be talking about. And, um, and and eat. Oh, oh. And eat. I believe it's like $40 million in dead cap room to do it. So, yeah. 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 This is cool. Absolutely brutal. Also, um, I think maybe Gage signing with the Bucks is proof that they are not confident in their ability to work out a long-term extension with Chris Godwin, who's going to be playing on the tag again. Um, wonder if yeah. Godwin might get traded. I feel like that would be interesting. Um, Godwin's a very good player, and Russell Gage is not Chris Godwin. Um, no. So, no. anyway. God, Godwin's a better deep threat. Absolutely. Um, this is a uh, this is kind of a minor signing. The, the 49ers pick up Charvarius Ward. Uh, three years, $40 million. Uh, Ward is a solid player, uh, corner from the Chiefs. Um, this should help the Niners, who had a lot of trouble uh, at corner last year. Um, yeah. Josh Norman. Josh Norman got some playing time for this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Emmanuel Mosley, I feel like, was their best corner. And even then, like, he wasn't that good. No. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs actually um, made a decent uh, signing here on defense. They are letting Tyron Matthew go, and they signed Justin Reed from the Texans to to a to a nice, beefy three-year contract. Um that's, That's not scary. Bad. I don't like that yeah. at all, frankly. Because um, <laughs> Tyron Matthews is getting older. By the way, um, if you had to guess how old Tyron Matthew is, what would you say? Uh, I'd say he's probably like 34-ish. <laughs> he's 29. Oh my god, Tyron, what? <laughs> Tyron Matthews what? 29. Uh, yeah. I uh, like... <laughs> he... He got drafted uh, at age 20, um, and he's also just, like, been in our heads forever because he was such a high-profile college player. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been the honey badger since his fucking year at LSU. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, like, he, yeah, his his honey badger season at LSU was 2011, so he's, he's like, been around for, like, a decade, and, yeah, he's only 29. Uh, he turns 30 soon, um, but, yeah, it's Iron Matthew. He's falling off a cliff. Yeah, um, Katie, I would, I would presume 
that you are aware of the signings that the Jacksonville Jaguars have made. Oh, I am. Um, yeah, this is... You can tell the Jags are trying in their own sort of... <laughs> in their own sort of willfully mismanaged way, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... Christian Cart got what? Fucking eighty million dollars? Oh Lord. Okay, so the base of this contract is four years seventy-two mil, which can go up to eighty-four. Um oh, but still that's God. eighteen million dollars a year for Christian Kirk. This is a fucking slot receiver. <laughs> yeah, he is he is like what, if we're being generous, like the fortieth best wide receiver in the NFL? Yeah, Something I mean like I've seen I yeah, like, I've seen metrics from last year that said he was probably in the top 25, but even then, like, that's... I, I, I think that the, someone said they could, like... I'd, I'm trying to remember this stat. Um, Someone said that the Packers could franchise Devontae Adams for only, like, $5 million more per annum. So, oh, Lord. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, <sighs> it, it's bad. <laughs> Christian Kirk is now a top three paid NFL wide receiver, despite never having more than 900 uh, receiving yards in a season. Um, Wow. And then they circle back around and give Zay Jones, who I have lots of experience seeing firsthand, (laughs) a a three-year $24 million contract based Mm. on, like, he had, like, 500 receiving yards last year. Yeah, like... He is nothing special. Yeah, like... Whenever the Raiders deployed him either in the slot or, like, as, like, the X receiver, I suppose, or I would even say the Z at times, like, he was fine, but he didn't really make any plays. Like, that's the thing. Like, he can't really make plays on his own, I suppose. And that's and that's troubling. Um, I think one other thing is they ended up trading their number nine overall draft pick from 2020 for tight end Dan Arnold last year. And then signed uh, Evan Ingram to a one-year $9 million deal. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't hate any of these players, but they're not... <sighs> we haven't even gotten to the defensive side of the ball. But yeah. first of all, I do want to say they gave three years $49 million to Brandon Scherf. That seems like a, a good signing if he can yeah. stay healthy. Very Absolutely. Very good player, Brandon Scherf. So, you know, good on them for that, I guess. Um, But then on defense, they give out three three three-year contracts, all of them worth $10 million or more. Um, I would say the best is just on Wednesday morning, they signed Rams cornerback Darius Williams, one of my favorite weird players in the NFL. Um, He's a 5'9 outside corner. Um, it was very successful for the Rams. Uh, he also wears number 11, just marking him as a total weirdo. I kind of love that. Um, either way, he gets paid by, he gets paid by the Jags. I personally love that. Um, getting to something that makes a little less sense is they signed, uh, former Jets defensive tackle, Folorunso Fadukasi, who is a perfectly good one-tech defensive tackle to a three-year $30 million deal. We sure about this one, guys? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, like, and okay, and then lastly, they raided the Falcons again by um, signing Olakun from them for three years, forty-five million. Um, yeah, and then so at least Miles Jack, yep. insane. Yeah, I was going to also say Olakun apparently has 
Um, and I'm quoting Bill Barnwell here on ESPN+. Plus. Thank God I have it now. Um, <laughs> he has the second largest three-year contract value of any off-ball linebacker in football. Behind Indianapolis's Darius Leonard. Um, yeah. <sighs> Foyer's a cool player, but not three years, $45 million cool player. Like, nope. something that the Jags have done is completely fuck over every other team trying to sign players. Um, <laughs> like... Oh, God, yeah, they inflated this market bad. <laughs> like, every, every single agent for every single wide receiver is now using Christian Kirk as, like, the floor on which to negotiate all their contracts. And NFL GMs are furious because um, I think that we've seen rumblings that most teams had Kirk somewhere between 10 to $12 million a year. Um, yeah. And even that does seem a little high. Like, you would probably... Like, I like if I was going to sign him, yeah, probably $10 million. That That's what I'd pay for. But, yeah. Um, I think if you want to compare him to a similar player, Michael Gallup got five years, 62 from the Cowboys. And oof. that is... Yeah. I look at that, and I, like... That's a big contract, but I don't hate it because it's not, I like, think, you know, it's, yeah. it's not that much per year. And also they're going to use him in a, in a bigger role going for, forward with yeah, and I and like I, I And, like, I actually like Michael Gallup as a receiver. I think he was under, I think he was probably actually underutilized with the Cowboys. And I'm not saying that because he was on my fantasy team last year. Um, like, I, I think he's a very good receiver. Um, so I don't hate that. The Jacks have gotten better. But mm-hmm. they've gotten better in the sort of way where they've gone from what two and fifteen to like six and eleven. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. like six and eleven, seven and ten. Yeah, um, I don't really. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, I will say just if just looking at free agency real quick before we move along, um, a lot of teams are giving a lot of contracts to offensive line help. That makes a lot of sense. Jags go and get Lake and Tomlinson uh, from the Niners. Obviously, there's a Niners connection there. The Steelers actually make what I think is a really nice signing. They they pick up James Daniels uh, from the Bears, three-year contract. They needed that bad. Um, yeah. They signed uh, Mason Cole to play center as well. So the Steelers are trying at line, which they desperately needed. The Panthers are too. Um, they end up with Austin Corbett from the Rams uh, on another three-year contract. He immediately becomes their best lineman, though that doesn't say much. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, just one more, just one more little signing that I that I thought was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The Dolphins, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a two pack from the Dolphins because I like both oh. these signings. Oh hell um, yeah! We get they sign Chase Edmonds um, to okay. a two year twelve million dollar deal. I really okay, like that's that. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good move. Um, Immediately makes their running back room way better. They don't have to rely on Miles Gaskin as much. Um, but they also signed Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys to a three-year, $22 million deal. Um, yep, like that one, too. That That's... Yeah, I thought Cedric Wilson was a pretty good receiver with the Cowboys last year. Like, he... Yeah, like, he fits in well there. Um, yeah. And with Jay... Um, yeah, and with Jalen Waddle in the X role, like, he can play the Y role pretty well, too. So, which I like. So, yeah. That's about all we have where we are in time uh, in terms of NFL news. Um, yeah. Who knows? I swear, to, I swear to God, if a certain player gets traded, like, after we fucking go off, like, I'm... It, it's, it'll be the tuck roll curse that strikes again. 
this ah. would, I think, be the most profound Tuck Rule curse. Uh, <laughs> if it does happen, and it probably will, knowing us. Um, I think mm. you all know what player we're talking about. And if he is traded when you listen to this, uh, fuck off. Go to hell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's time for Transmission. Vroom vroom! Let's go! Transmission time. Um, Transmission is the joking name that we came up with in our DMs for our motorsports talk that we'll be kind of returning to from time to time uh, in the offseason here. Um, Me and Victoria are big motorsports fans, and uh, yeah, we, we... we are going to talk about this shit because there's probably not going to be a lot to talk about in certain intervals. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Formula One, the season picks up this week. Um, so, if not now, when, frankly? Um, That's right. So, Katie, uh, well, actually, you know what? Why don't we both kind of go over our backgrounds with motorsport? I feel like that's a good way to start. Um, okay. Yeah, you yeah, go first. Do you... Okay, okay. Um. So... Being a East Tennessee girl who was raised by a dad who loved cars and loved NASCAR, you can naturally guess that I got into NASCAR pretty freaking early. Uh, My dad would sit me down every Sunday. We would watch races together when football season wasn't on. Uh, He loved Dale Earnhardt. Rest his soul. God rest his soul. Uh, And I like Jeff Gordon. Um, There was probably something uh, very significant about the fact that I liked the car with the fucking gay-ass rainbow on it pretty early on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so that's the era of NASCAR I grew up in. Like, that... I'd say probably about 1995 to 2005-ish. Like, you know, and it's something you you talk about at school. Like, it's very popular here, obviously, uh, with this being one of the cultural... One of I would say the cultural roots of NASCAR were kind of laid here and in Western North Carolina. So yeah, mm-hmm. like, um, and then and then I got bored with that. I dropped out of motorsports for a few years. I didn't really care. Uh, and then I started watching Top Gear. So Top Gear was really interesting to me. The hosts are gigantic piles of shit. Um, except for maybe James May. I'm not sure. But anyways. Uh, so all these Formula One drivers would appear as like guests on their show. So that's how I got started in Formula One. I've been watching F1 on and off for about a decade now. Uh, I've been watching since Michael Schumacher's last year at Mercedes. I remember that very clearly. Uh, yeah. So that, that is how I got into it. Um, unfortunately when my dad passed away, I ended up getting into motorsports again and I've probably gotten into it as hard as i ever have um and i watch both formula one watch nascar i love indycar too indycar is some of the best racing you can get by the way if you're bored and you see it on on sunday it's a great watch um so yeah that's my motorsports um that's my motorsports background victoria i know you have i would say kind of a similar background yeah um NASCAR definitely has less of a cultural fixture uh, in Western New York. I will say, though, um, my grandmother, um, you know what? Let's do a quick character study of my grandmother. 
she, in her later years, bartended at the bar of a fire hall. Um, oh, hell yeah. In, in, uh, in suburban Buffalo. And firefighters, um, a lot of them had history working at the closed automobile uh, plants uh, around western New York, because there were quite a few of them once upon a time. Either way, um, car people like NASCAR. It doesn't matter where they're from. If they're American, there is a good chance that a car person is going to also like NASCAR. So my grandma was into it. um, And NASCAR was the first sport that I ever really got into. And it was mostly through uh, her. Um, And this would have been 2005. So I would have been six um, when I got into it. Sorry, Katie. Um, I would have been six uh, slash seven years old, got into it in 2005. I kind of got into other sports like uh, several years after that. Um, my history with NASCAR is especially weird because um, <laughs> because it like as I grew up, NASCAR died. Like I came in like right at the end of the peak in the yep. like mid to late 2000s. So like by the time that I like grew up a little bit, NASCAR was dying and everyone thought it was lame as shit, and I was like, well, like, and I kind of got bored, um, right around, like, 2012, couldn't really tell you why, uh, I stopped following the season year-round, um, and I kind of got back into it in, like, 2018, 2019-ish, uh, definitely fully got back into the swing of watching every race, uh, uh, at the start of, of, of the pandemic, 2020, it was the only sport on for a little bit there, um, my, my history with Formula One is much shorter because mm-hmm. um, it had just never felt very accessible to me growing up. Um, Formula no. One was not popular. I, I, I didn't know anyone who was into Formula One growing up. Um, and I didn't, like, I didn't know where you could watch it. I, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, it. I caught IndyCar races way more than I caught Formula One races. Um, yep. But obviously everyone screaming about Drive to Survive... Um, in the in the past like year basically since the start of the pandemic um got me into watching drive to survive and that obviously put me on to formula one so i'm one of those people um don't throw tomatoes at me please um don't i will find i will find you and i will hurt you so i i am indeed one of these new annoying drive to survive fans but i have a pretty robust motorsports background so um I like to imagine that I perhaps might look at it a little more like a like veteran fan might. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Anyway, um, that was very long winded. Formula One starting this week. Yeah, Bahrain. Yeah, Bahrain is an interesting circuit. It's it's what we in the Formula One world call it call a tilkadrome, and mm-hmm. I'll explain that. Um, Herman Tilka is a track designer. He designs most of the modern tracks. And most of his tracks have this very kind of samey feel with these very long straights in these very, um, I would say these very tight corners. Uh, There's usually like one or two technical sections. And when I say technical sections, I mean you have to like control how you put your foot on the gas and how you brake. Um... In Bahrain, the Sector 2, by the way, also I should explain this, uh, The in Formula 1, anyways, the track is divided into three sectors, and that's how you get sector times, and that tells you where your car is strongest, where it's weakest. Um, 
So, yeah, Bahrain is kind of an old, is kind of one of the original Tilkodromes. It, it was actually there in 2004, I believe. It, um, it's actually not a bad racetrack. I actually do like it. Like, it's, it, it has a lot of runoff area, so you can't afford to make mistakes, but it's, like, it's definitely, I think, one of my more well-looked-upon Tilkodromes. Um, usually the season doesn't start at Bahrain. It usually starts in Melbourne, uh, but we're going to Melbourne, uh, I believe, the week after this. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I think it's the second or third week. We might go to Saudi Arabia before we go to Australia. Uh, by the way, mm. if you don't know anything about Formula One, this motherfucker loves Petro States. This bitch oh, cannot get enough God. of Petro States. Yeah, we got an Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We got a. We had a Qatar Grand Prix last year. We have the fucking Bahrain Grand Prix. We have the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. We used I'm to have a Russian a... Grand Prix. We <laughs> did. Of... Uh, <laughs> we sure did. Um, uh, I would argue that there is that there are now multiple um, American Grand Prix. So if we're talking Petro states, um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's one in Texas. There are there's one in Miami this year. We're going to Miami. I believe that one's in May. I believe, yeah. Um, oh God, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. already gonna be fucking humid. Um, yeah. And they're trying to put one in Las Vegas. Um. F1 in in America has a long history, which is very funny to me. Um, but yeah, so the first race of the season is coming up, and this is one of the biggest years to start following F1, I would say, probably since, oh, 94? Um, and 1994 is, I, we'll discuss it later, but 1994 as a Formula One season, it's one of the most tragic and most weird and most... Uh, controversial seasons in F1 history. Um, I I won't go too much into too much detail, but if you know who Ayrton Senna is, he was killed at San Marino, kind of in the same way that Dale Marino was killed at Daytona, or Dale Earnhardt was killed at Daytona. Um, Dale Marino. That's Dale that's Marino. Dan Mar- that, that's Dan Marino's redneck brother. Um, Hell yeah! Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like so. Yeah, and then Michael Schumacher won his first title after wrecking his main competition, which was, which was a British driver by the name of Damon Hill. But anyways, I'm getting off track. So so this year in F1, what we have is we have these new aero regulations. And the reason they did this is when you are following behind an F1 car, it creates a lot of downforce, but it dirties the air up. So when you try and follow a car through the corners to make a pass the car does not respond as well because it's not cutting through the air as much as the car in front of it is so what they've done is they said okay we can't allow this anymore we've got to do some changes to the aero stuff and we've got to make sure that we have cleaner airflow across the entire body of the car um so that's the idea behind the aero regulations and we've gotten some truly wild interpretations um ferrari basically put a fucking jacuzzi on top <laughs> of their fucking car as the side <laughs> um, yeah it is yeah, um... you could you could you could you could bathe a baby in the fucking in the side pods of the ferrari it is it is absurd it is absurd um so yeah um it, it's 
it's absurd. Uh, Mercedes has a no side pod look, and apparently their engine is being cooled by chemical uh, processes that are the same that is used in fucking NASA rocket launches, which should tell you how over-the-top Formula One is about weird technical aero challenges. Um, yeah, this is this is a fun little sport to watch, and I think the big storyline coming out of 2021 um i'm going to get very mad about this i'm sorry um so in the 2021 abu dhabi grand prix which was the last race of the year we had a safety car come out in like the last 10 laps of the race the two championship contenders were running one and two they didn't follow the rules correctly um Lewis Hamilton, who was out in front, was on worn tires. Max Verstappen, who had the luxury of pitting with nobody around him, was on fresh tires. He would have had to go... He would have had to pass about five other cars, but they took all those cars and made him fall back. Um, so... Just, yeah. which, which, like... To be clear, these two cars at the front were tied in points going into this race, so that literally yes. means that whoever finishes higher wins the championship. And it literally comes down to the two of them running one-two with one lap to go. This is basically, like, NASCAR levels of, of like, engineered stupid drama. But also, yeah. just inventing new rules so that you could set up this, like, one-two duel between these two guys. Yep. Because this was, like, the most dramatic, like, perfect way that Formula One could possibly, like, capitalize on all the, on, like... All these new curious American fans, all these people tuning in from from like around the world to see this like to see this like what like 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 once a decade close championship fight. Oh, way. Oh, it's way worse than once a decade. I think the last <laughs> time a championship happened like this was 1994. Yeah, uh. 1994. So, yeah, this doesn't happen probably but once every 25 years, basically. So, yeah it was it it was the most dramatic finish probably in the sports history in terms of how a season played out it and the two characters that were the main drivers were Max Verstappen whose style I would very not delicately describe as tries to crash you if you don't get out of his way and Lewis Hamilton who Kind of does the same thing, but he's probably a little more gracious. Um, but they're both 180 in terms of personality. Like, Max Verstappen's like this no-nonsense Dutchman who just says the stupid... Who just says the most inflammatory shit. And by the way, Red Bull. Red Bull. We haven't even gotten to the team Red Bull. Okay, Red Bull is the most inflammatory fucking team on the grid. Christian Horner will say so. And by the way, Christian Horner is the team principal. He will just say shit that just pisses everyone off once every week. Like, that's kind of in their team DNA. And meanwhile, you have Mercedes, which is led by Toto Wolff, who is this very upstanding Silicon Valley-trained Austrian who does everything in this very perfectly German sort of way. Um, and the lead driver is Lewis Hamilton. He's... Lewis Hamilton, I, I described to someone as the most American Formula One driver on the grid. Um, yeah, like... He's very much into fashion. He's very much kind of his own man, like his own person. He's like, 
he's a vegan, he, he cares about the environment, that sort of thing. So we have these two personality clashes that kind of came together and it produced a hell of a season and they're back for this year and it looks like that their cars maybe, maybe, um, maybe closely matched. I know Ferrari is also trying to get in there with, um, yeah, like it's going to be an interesting year. And that thing is with these arrow regulations, we truly do not know who is going to be the top team until probably, um, uh, probably a couple races in. So that's why I think this season particularly is one that you should care about and one that you should watch. It's, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how teams adapt to these aero regulations. I think it's going to be fascinating to see if the rivalry between Lewis and Max is able to continue. And if he, if drivers like Charles Leclerc, who is a Monegasque driver, who is the lead driver for Ferrari, be interesting to see if he gets in there. Like it, it, it's got the makings of a very good season. And that I think is my, my plea to you on why you should watch formula one this year i would like to now make a plea of my own which is that if you love drama if you love messy bitches if you love <laughs> if oh god if you love boring twinky white boys who just can't stop almost killing each other with million dollar pieces of equipment this is like this is a this is absolutely a sport for you um the racing itself is very beautiful um speed i love cars that go fast it turns out it's very cool um but beyond that i think formula one has extremely top-notch drama and extremely top-notch like over-the-top variety in characters like as you alluded to um the team principals for Mercedes and Red Bull are the most perfect Englishman and the most perfect German, like, <laughs> like pair of enemies that I could possibly imagine. Um, yeah. Because Christian Horner, he's Christian Horner, by the way, married to Ginger Spice. Um, yep. I forgot to mention that. And he left his first wife for Ginger Spice, by the way. That, that's a level Lord. of, that's a little, that's the level of petty drama, drama filled bitches that were on here. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is perfect. And then Total Wolf is the most buttoned up, efficient, um, while also secretly loving drama just as much as Christian oh, Horner. Oh, Absolutely, he fucking loves it. Oh, he lives for that shit. <laughs> he thrives in it. Um, I think obviously the way that a lot of new fans have gotten into the sport, especially in America, has been through the Netflix show Drive to Survive. Um, yep. It has strengths and weaknesses, I would say. Um, It is very effective at getting you used to, or, like, getting you acquainted with the characters of Formula One. Which, to me, uh, personally, whenever I have tried to get into a new sport, it's always very hard for me to, like, gain the context of who everyone is and, like, who hates each other and why do they hate each other. Um, And... I think that that is all a, that that stuff is provided in droves by Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive is also full of petty nonsense drama. Um, mm-hmm. That isn't like the actual good drama that I no. live for. Um, so I would say that if you are interested in watching uh, Formula One, I would recommend catching this week's race. And if you like the speedy race cars, consider 
watching Drive to Survive if you want context on the characters. That would be my personal recommendation. Yep, um, mine too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a show and a sport that can be very silly, over the top, very European. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think very, it is a sport for rich Europeans that can be yeah. in it, and that's um, why it's great because it doesn't <laughs> affect anyone personally. <laughs> Well, uh, with that, I think that we have uh, we've talked just about as much about football and about motorsports as we feel like this week. Yep. Um, I don't know if we'll be back quite next week or the week after that. I guess we'll see. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. I think that we're going to podcast as much as we feel like. Um, we'll, we'll show up when we have something to talk about or something that we want to share. Uh, I think it's probably a good way to describe our off-season plans because... <laughs> We have some ideas for some, like, history-based uh, episodes that I think we're both pretty excited for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you like the show and you want to help us out, uh, go ahead and give us a five-star review on on, uh, on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you leave us a review, we will read it aloud uh, on the show. And we got one. Um, this is from Ronald Fournier. Uh, the pod is good. This one came in on Thursday. But also, some of the most atrocious takes on the attractiveness of Matt Patricia I have ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope Kevin Kelly gets a new job or Katie gets hired to run the same offense somewhere in Tennessee. Hey, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Presbyterian corner. Um, Kitty and I both frustrated that there was a profile done on Kevin Kelly in The Athletic that we cannot read. Because uh, yeah. we because we aren't subscribed to the athletic. Um, someone anyway, buy, someone someone give us eight dollars a month. We pro- we promise we'll put it to good use. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Katie, where can the people find you online? Um, well, I'd rather they didn't, but if they want to, um, <laughs> I am at Kate's of Heaven on Twitter. Um, I write stuff for the Saturday Blitz over at Fansided, which I have been kind of taking a break from. Uh, uh, uh. Um, I do music from time to time on SoundCloud. Check my SoundCloud out. I can't believe I actually just did that on a podcast. Fuck yeah. Oh, oh God. I'm be- I'm becoming a millennial Gen Z stereotype. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, Yeah. So those are all the places. Victoria, how about you? Uh, I'm mostly just on Twitter. Dirtback Weir. Uh, I got bullied last week for, for, for opening my heart <laughs> and being honest about... A particular way that I enjoy Oreos, which is Victoria, dipping them in nacho are cheese. Pregnant? Uh, are you pregnant? I don't. I might be. Shit. Um, I don't know. Fucking Oreos with fucking nacho cheese. What the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You've never tried it. Come on. I've tried worse. <laughs> I've tried far worse. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got fried for that. Uh, I mostly uh, these days, I think, make posts about the Footy Scran Twitter account. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, unironically, I, I love English soccer food. It's so good. It's fucking cheap, too. Like, oh, wow. This cost, um, this cost, like, five bucks and it's literally like just an entire plate of food like i'm in the fucking cookout but i'm in fucking wigan or something so yeah 
Um, yeah. Uh, follow the show account at Tuck Rule Pod for various nonsense. Uh, if you are a college football reporter, we might teach you what the word bussy means. Um, good lord. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. Anyway, um, uh-huh. I think it's about time for us to go. Don't worry, guys. We will see you soon. Week or two. Uh, Katie, why don't you get us out of here? Peyton Manning eats bussy. That's right.